0: Hey friends, Stephen here, and I've got a new follow-up episode for you today, available right now for patrons who support The Nugget for $5 per month or more. Jordan Cannon is back on the show. Jordan joined me from Alex Honnold's podcast closet. He was in Vegas and staying at Alex Honnold's house at the time of this recording, And it was really fun to catch up with Jordan and to geek out about his recent send of Wet Lycra Nightmare. That is a nine-pitch, 900-foot-long 513D on the Leaning Tower in Yosemite. A beautiful-looking climb and a dream climb for Jordan and one that he worked really hard for and sent this past fall. So yeah, that's what you can expect from today's episode. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm going to give you a free teaser in today's episode. I'm going to give you about 40 minutes of this conversation for free as a little taste. And the way that follow-ups work is the full version of this episode is available right now for patrons who support the show at patreon.com slash The Nugget Climbing. The full version of this episode is two hours, so basically a full-length episode, and we really got geeky with this one. It was super fun. Jordan gave me basically a move by move breakdown of the 13D pitch and several of the other 513 pitches on Wet Lycra Nightmare, as well as the whole story. It involved snow and gnarly conditions and him getting hurt on the route in the spring and chipping a piece of bone out of his shin in a really weird and gnarly injury. So anyway, if you want to hear the full thing that is available right now for patrons who support The Nugget. Once again, you can learn more at patreon.com slash Climbing. It just takes a few minutes to sign up for Patreon. It's five bucks per month to get full access to ad-free episodes for all of the episodes of The Nugget, as well as full versions of follow-ups. And I have published... I think this is number 44. I've published 44 follow-up episodes so far. So if you can't get enough of the nugget, there's a lot more great content to be had over at Patreon. Something I just started doing as well as I started posting full uncut video versions of a lot of my podcasts. So that's something new and a fun new perk that people are enjoying over at Patreon as well. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in and please enjoy this free teaser of my latest follow-up episode with Jordan Cannon. It was so fun to see the post you made about, um, I have to look up the name here, Wet Lycra Nightmare. I love seeing that and I was surprised by it because last time I had talked with you, I can't remember, we were trying to coordinate... I think Yosemite, maybe you were, you know, we were checking in with one another. You, you maybe asked me if I was going still or something. I can't remember how it came up. Um, and I did not end up going to Yosemite this fall um, for a number of reasons. Um, just how it goes. I, t- I have a very strong tendency to over schedule, uh, overbook my schedule, you know. And I, I was realizing that I was feeling kind of pressure and feeling uh, a little bit stressed about trying to fit another thing in there. So I just kind of simplified. Um, so I didn't end up going and I remember you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I remembered you saying that you were kind of on this the same boat and maybe cutting your Yosemite season shorter because of COVID or other lifestyle things that had popped yep. up and stuff. So I was thrilled to see that you got to get down there and, and sent your project. So congrats yeah, first thanks. off. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I think we had, yeah, we had originally talked
1: about, uh, potentially bouldering there um, during the winter, during the fall. Um, and I think that was our last interview. We were talking about Tom and, you know, he wanted to take you up on the nose and you and I wanted to try Thriller and, and yeah. Um, yeah, my year, my year evolved to, to yeah, not allow a lot of time in Yosemite. Um, I had a, a wedding at the beginning of, of November. Um, my brother, my brother's wedding celebration actually in Georgia and then had like the Arc'teryx, um, athlete retreat at the end of November, um, in Hawaii and then Thanksgiving right before that. And so, you know, it was really only like three weeks of potential Yosemite time, you know, in a very unpredictable time of the year, November, it can be really awesome or it can, you know, it can snow Mm. on November 1st and be totally wet and cold and and all that for for the entire month and so it was pretty unpredictable um but then in the yeah and that's actually what ended up happening you know i had i went to my brother my brother's wedding and i drove straight drove straight to uh to california and then it, it yeah it dumped snow and sometimes it melts in like a day or two and this time it didn't it stuck around for a while and so yeah my first week in the valley got cut got cut short and so i really only had two weeks in the valley to to do my project oh man it was it was pretty it was pretty stressful but i'm trying to get it done in time but managed to make it happen
0: so wet lycra nightmare i had never heard of it before it's an old todd skinner route tell me about it you 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 tried it before right this is something you've been working on for quite a while i had yeah i tried it i tried it for the
1: first time in the spring Um, and and came up short. I I maybe put a little over a month of effort into it and gave it uh, two red point attempts. And both of them ended in um, like too hot of weather. Essentially, like the majority of the time that I was projecting the route, the temps were perfect. I even had a day, like my last day working it, I microtraction the whole route by myself without falling. And I was like, all right, clearly I'm ready. Mm. And then I rested and you know, a week later, like the temperatures rose by like 10 to 15 degrees and it got really hot. And yeah, so my window got cut short. Um, and I essentially freed all, but this one move on this one pitch, um, uh, you know, second to last pitch, um, from the top and, and wasn't able to do it. And, and yeah, was like, all right, I'm coming back in the fall. Um, and yeah, that was my main focus through, through the summer and through the Um, yeah, beginning of the fall, trying to get ready to come back for this thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a route on the Leaning Tower, um, which one of the steepest granite walls in North America, steepest wall in Yosemite for sure. Mm. Um, and which, yeah, you know, a lot of people think Yosemite, you think big walls, you think vertical face climbing and slabs, but there's not a lot of steep climbing. And whenever you do encounter steep climbing in Yosemite, it's like super unique and super fun. And the Leaning Tower has the best, the best steep climbing in the valley. Mm. And, um,
0: can there you are define steep? Routes. Because, you know, steep in Yosemite means a very different thing than steep in, you know, steep in Vegas at Potosi or whatever. So totally. Like, yeah, it,
1: it's not, it's not
0: Potosi steep.
1: It's <laughs> not rifle steep. I'd say it's like, um, I don't really know like <laughs> the degrees or, or angles, but it's like, Gently overhanging, I would say mm-hmm. with the occasional like steeper roof section, but yeah, it's at least consistently overhanging, um, the entire way I'd say. And I'm not sure where, where to begin. I could talk a lot about the leaning tower. There's two <laughs> main routes on it. Um, and the main route is the west face, which was the first route, um, ever climbed on the leaning tower by, by Warren Harding. Um, and. The Winning tower is pretty interesting. I think it's maybe about a thousand feet to 1200 feet, but um, you don't actually start the route at the bottom of the wall. You start it kind of like a third of the way, you know, almost in the middle of the wall, hmm. because there, if you look at a photo of the leaning tower, um, you'll see this like diagonal line that kind of cuts through um, the middle of the wall. And so you approach up um, to that ledge and you traverse the ledge all the way until to the middle. And then you start climbing, but the first 200 feet of climbing are not free climbable. And mm. so there's just a Warren Harding, you know, bolt ladder, um, for, for 200 feet. And then you start free climbing. So by the time you're like actually free climbing or, um, you're in the middle of the leaning tower, you know, like starting on some like 12 C stemming, um, lane, like full exposure and you don't really have any, any way to warm up. So, <laughs> you, you know, if you, if you look at it by the, um, if you look at any of the routes on the leaning tower by the, by the topo, you know, you're like, Oh, it's only like nine pitches or whatever, but it, it's a little bit more involved in like how you get to it and where you actually start climbing. And so it feels, um, way more big wall than it looks by the the topo mm. or the number of pitches that you, that you end up climbing.
0: That explains um, a lot because I I saw that you listed it as thirteen D A zero nine pitches. Now it's exactly. just like thirteen D A zero. I don't think I've ever seen those two things together before. Like that's really yeah. that's really interesting. That yeah, yeah that explains so a that lot. Yeah, so that
1: bolt that bolt ladder is what gives it the the A zero ring. Got it. Got and it. um, there is there is project um uh, to the left of it. Um, I'm not sure whose vision it was, but I know a lot of people have put some time into it dean potter i think maybe ha, uh, was the one who bolted it and had draws on it for a long time but t- tommy caldwell and chris sharma and alex and carlo traversi was up there with seb recently it's you know the potential like 515 wow. free project um you know to eliminate the a0 section of of the leaning tower Holy because shit. wow the two the two most popular routes which are um the West face and then, um, the wet like for nightmare. Um, they both start on the same bolt ladder up to what's called the Wani ledge, which is a really nice plush, um, ledge named after the the hotel, um, that sits in the middle of the wall and then the roots, you know, branch off like a Y, mm. um, from there. And so, yeah, the West face is the most popular one. It was eventually free climbed by Leo holding. Um, I think in the early early 2000s maybe 2001 um and he called it the the Westy face and it's just the free variations you know like 13a a0 like awesome steep free climbing and so that's a lot of the west face um of the tower is a lot of people's first big wall but then it's also a lot of people's first like free 513 you no. know big wall also
0: um why why is that? Is that because it's steeper and has less of the the Yosemite trickery, you know, versus some of the other routes, or is it just that awesome of a route, or is it just the, the ideal kind of length where it's it's epic but not too epic? Why why do you think it's so yeah. popular?
1: Like there are some 513 routes on the Fifi buttress, which is right next to it that are a little longer, but don't have as much of a, like the big wall feel, you know, mm, like okay. the Fifi buttress is a decent, decent size formation, but the leaning tower is like pretty massive. And then, like I said, there's just the whole um, endeavor of getting to the actual free climbing in the middle of the wall. You know, it just feels, it like feels more grand I guess mm-hmm. um but it also logistically it's like pretty easy in comparison to like climbing a route on El Cap you know even if it's a lower grade El Cap is just huge and you have to haul all your gear up there spend the night and um yeah hike down with your bags and all that stuff and so the Leaning Tower is just a little bit more approachable um you can do it without a ledge because a WANI ledge is so big and and flat and awesome and then you can essentially break the whole route up over like two or three days pretty easily. Um, you can either wrap the route or you can hike down and there's only one five thirteen pitch. And then, you know, a bunch of like 12 minus kind of steeper, more featured climbing. So yeah, I think it's, it's just a fun route for anyone who likes granite trad climbing and, you know, big wall climbing and spending the night and and all that stuff. It's just a, yeah, it's a, it's a, classic obvious route that there aren't that many of there aren't mm. that many of in yosemite there's no real other other option yeah it's kind of like 513 routes on the fifi buttress maybe some other random ones scattered throughout the valley um and then el cap roots obviously and then yeah the leaning tower is just badass
0: sweet so how does that work logistically you, you climbed it in two days is that right yeah so do you wrap back down um, to that ledge and just like stash your overnight stuff there and sleep there and then jug back up the ropes or, or yeah how does that work
1: well let me explain i guess how i did the, the west westy face originally um i climbed it over two days that's how a lot of people a lot of people do it you you climb up to Awani, um spend the night and then free climb to the summit and and then uh and you either rappel down or, or go down the gully Um, and then I I actually came back however many seasons later and and climbed it in a day. Um, just you know, more just another experience to have up there, another fun objective and a way to return to that same route. And that's how them that's how a lot of people do it. Um and so, but when I started thinking about um doing wet like a nightmare, it had seen, you know, I'd seen four ascents. Um, when I started considering doing it for myself and all of those ascents had been done in a day. And so that was, and that seemed like the most, you know, awesome, legit way to do, to do a route. Because like I said, it is only nine pitches. It's yeah, it feels bigger than it actually is. But like at the same time, it is totally reasonable to climb it in a day as well. It's just a matter of whether or not you can handle all the hard climbing um in that amount of time. And so that's what I was trying to do in the spring. And I was succeeding on the hardest pitch. Um and then getting shut down on like a 13A pitch in the sun Mm. at the top, you know, just because I wasn't wasn't quite fast enough or um able to do these pitches quickly enough to to beat, you know, um the heat. Beat the heat. Beat the heat. Exactly. So um So I kind of came back into it. And also everybody that has freed this route has done it in the spring. And so it was kind of like pushing it a little bit to say, all right, I'm going to come back and and do the first, you know, be the first person to do it in the fall season. Um, But also trying to do it today. I had no idea what to expect. I was like, I don't know if it gets sun up there. I don't know if it's going to be too cold without the sun. I don't know if you want the sun. I don't know how long the days are. Like, you know what I mean? I had, there were a lot of question marks going into it, but I was pretty, I was pretty set on at least trying because um, I really didn't want to wait until the fall to come back. Um, I'm sorry, to wait until the next spring to come back and do it again. I was mm-hmm. just like too impatient, um, especially considering how close I, I got the spring season before. So, so yeah, I, I went into it hopeful that I could maybe do it in a day, but as soon as I got up there this season, it was pretty clear that like, yeah, it's still too hot in the sun. It gets like three hours of sun in the afternoon and it's also still really cold, like in the early parts of the morning. So, you know, you can't get like a pre-dawn start essentially. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it over two days, whatever. It's not a, like, it's not a groundbreaking ascent by any means. Alex kind of gave me shit. He's like, all right, you're going to be the first, you know, the first person to free this fruit over two days. And I'm like, you know what, whatever. I'm just trying to make myself happy up here. I'm, I'm doing the best that I can with uh, the the time and the conditions available. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I ended up doing. Um, I feel like I should take a step back though to first explain like what made me want to try this fruit. Let's do
0: it. That sounds great.
1: So I, yeah I mentioned I met, mentioned the Westy face which um is a lot of people's first 513 big wall in Yosemite it was my first 513 big wall after having done the free rider um but I did the 12d stemming variation you know like basically opted for as much like low angle slabby face and crack climbing as possible and so I saw the Westy I saw the Westy face as um, you know, a good route to force me to be like a little bit more bouldery and sport climbing like on a big wall. Um, and yeah, pushed me outside of my my comfort zone uh, in that regard. And so I went and climbed that route with my friend Jeremy Schoenborn, uh, who's a friend of mine from Joshua Tree. And we put maybe like a few days of work into it. Like we had you know, it was our first time trying to experiment with like fixing ropes on like the bolt ladder pitch. We could jug up more easily and like work the free climbing bits and, you know, wrap back down and come back the next day and like that kind of stuff. But we had no idea what we, we, we were doing. We didn't have any static ropes. We like fixed, you know, dynamic ropes and we're just like bouncing <laughs> like hell, trying to like Jumar up them very inefficiently and whatnot. And um, yeah. Meanwhile. We're up there, and um, Nick Berry and Mason Earl and um, um, and Eric Bissell are up there trying um, Wet Like a Nightmare to the left, which, um, which by the way, is just a uh, it's a different name to the Aid route. The Aid route was originally called um, Wet Denim Daydream, okay, um, by Daryl Daryl Hatton. I think he climbed it in the seventies. It was like I don't know how hard it was, maybe like a three or something. Um, like not, not extreme, but like, you know, one of the harder, like steep aid routes in the Valley that got, that got a lot of attention. And then when Todd Skinner free climbed it in um, the early two thousands, he renamed his free variation wet, like nightmare, which I just love. I think that's a, a really fun play mm-hmm. uh, play on both, both names. Um, so yeah, I'm up there with Jeremy working on, on the Westy face and they're, um, up there on the adjacent route um wet like a nightmare and yeah it was totally it was totally insane like the the day that we were up there like sending we're like sleeping the night on the wall climbing the route over two days you know we had climbed all of our pitches on day one and we were hanging out on a wani ledge just like lounging in the sun um you know watching watching these guys like two pitches up climb the 13d like roof pitch and it just like totally blew our minds you know they're just up there like bouldering and power screaming and like taking these whips out this roof and like climbing these insane features and we're just like holy shit like that is totally next level you know and um and they came I remember Nick rapping down and talking to us on the ledge he's like like what are you guys doing we're like oh we're we're just like chilling. We sent all of our pitches for the day. Like we're going to spend the night up here. He's like, "Why?" He's like, "There's so much daylight left." He's like, "Just keep f- climbing to the top. You're only four pitches away." And we're just like, "Yeah, we know." But <laughs> um, so yeah, he kind of instilled the idea in me. I was like, "All right, yeah, all right." I am. I... He's kind of right. I should come back and do this. That's kind of mm. what inspired me to come back and try and do it all in one in one day. Um, but yeah, so we were we were in communication with him, I think that day I was like, Hey, by the way, when we top out tomorrow, like, do you mind if we wrap your lines, they had fixed lines on their, on the entire route. And so he was like, yeah, no problem. Just make sure reclip directionals and like, be prepared. It's like kind of extreme, like steep propelling. Um, and so, yeah, we topped out the route the next day and, and repelled their lines. And yeah, it was one thing to see them up there climbing these steep pitches and micro tractioning and things. It was another thing to repel their lines and be able to like, look at what they're grabbing and, you know, where they chalked and ticked all the holds and what the gear is and like the position that they're, that they're in climbing all these pitches. And I was just like, Holy shit, this is totally, totally awesome. Um, and it just left a big impression on me, you know, I was like, all right, I've done the easier free route. This is the harder one. Um, it's only seen a few of the but these guys are up here, like putting in the work and making it happen. And I just, I just thought, you know, I'd like to, to try and do the same one day. And they represented, like they said, a really good example of like the kind of climber I'd need to be, you know, uh, to be able to do it. And they're all climbers I really like respected and looked up to. And so, yeah, I'd kind of see them like at work doing their thing and then to see them actually, uh, you know, send a few weeks later and, and hearing them talk about it afterwards. Um, yeah, just, just inspired me to one day know that I was going to come back and try and try and do that route
0: for myself. That's awesome. That's super cool. Um, it's interesting, he, you know, starting this conversation, hearing about the Rock Climbers Training Manual and you being excited about this kind of more systematic approach, working up towards like a peak performance. Uh, it sounds like this was the absolute opposite of that. It sounds like everything kind of went wrong leading up to this fall in Yosemite. So credit to you because, you know, it's it's a pretty awesome um, mindset and a climber where you don't feel as prepared as you want to feel you you know the training hasn't all gone right it sounds like you were sick right before um you know it, on the surface not all the pieces are there but you're like Fuck it i i really want to do this thing i'm inspired i'm going to try anyway and you pulled it off um so yeah, yeah that's i i love that part of the story because it's kind of the like classic i don't know you know um anti-establishment climber mindset you know like screw it i'm just gonna make this thing happen it's so cool um but yeah tell me about that like what what happened leading up to it and um and i guess how did it go like were you surprised at at how it felt at first given given the lead up
1: that's a that's a great question and yeah as as you know awesome as it seems on the outside i was like Mentally cruxing the entire time, essentially, but that's also what made it really rewarding. I I think because mm. it was it did feel like it was against all odds, and so you know I wouldn't have been surprised if I didn't do it uh, based on those things. But the fact that I did was just like wow, that was just you know, just couldn't yeah couldn't expect that. Um, so it was just really like grateful and, and psyched that it, it did go well because a you know. I had this project on my mind for for many years, and I didn't con- even consider trying it until yeah, until just this past this past spring season. And even then, I went up on it thinking like, all right, I'm just going to go up and check out the cracks because I've only climbed a handful of five thirteen Ds. They've all been on the ground, and none of them have been very like steep or, or powerful. Um, and this one is, and it's half whipped the leaning tower. I was like, if I can't do that pitch, it doesn't matter whether I can climb the rest. So I just went in and, and focused and focused on that. Not really even thinking I was going to do it like that season. I was kind of just like checking it out, but then I got, I became like obsessed. I, I got fully into it. I kind of canceled other plans that I had with other partners that were thankfully understanding and, and all that. And so, and I progressed on it way more quickly than I thought, and then, you know, got into like you know, one, one move from sending it essentially. And so when I left it in the spring, that was all I could think about. And I was like, pretty like angsty. Um, yeah. And all the time leading up to like coming back in, in the fall and, and that it was made a lot more difficult by right after that spring season. in Yosemite, I went to, um, I went to Europe, um, for some alpine climbing and some Arcterics events and I got COVID and had like long-term COVID effects for like a month, um, month to six weeks that made me just, yeah, I could not (laughs) climb or train the way I needed to. And then um, went up to Squamish for the summer to try and like, after that trip to try and really get back into it and start preparing. But then just had a lot of travel afterwards with like two weddings and some like work events in Colorado and one in Yosemite. And I was like doing my best to stay on the program, but never really felt like I was climbing very well, um, or making as much progress in my training as I'd like to feel ready, you know, going into it. And then, and like we are, and then like we already talked about, like actually going into it only having three weeks and then, uh, and then it's snowing for the first week. I was just like, dude, this is just all totally crunk and not... (laughs) Not giving me a whole lot of confidence. Um, so yeah, leading up to it, that first week in you, uh, um, the first week back in California, it was too snowy to go there. I just sport climbed a jailhouse for a week. Which is, have you climbed there by the way?
0: No, I've been wanting to for a long time. Actually. Oh man, yeah, you'd like it. I mean, yeah? if you
1: like rifle climbing, it's just like a a sick rifle crag essentially, but like in the beautiful green rolling hills of California. Nice. Um, it's really cool. So I was pretty happy to climb there and that probably helped to get a little bit more steep climbing fitness and whatnot. Um, but then I, and meanwhile, like I'm talking to my friend, Sam, who the Sam Stro, I was working on mm. a route with in the spring. And he actually was able to free it in the, the hotter conditions, which is totally crazy. So he did the, he did the fifth ascent. Um, and then and agreed to support me whenever I went back in the fall. And so I was coordinating with him in addition to my other friend Sam Crossley and Max Buscini, who are going to go up there and, and film um, and take some photos and things. Because that was another thing, is that uh, all of the people who have freed this route, which was, by the way, Todd Skinner did the first ascent. Alex Honnold did the second ascent like 10 years later. And then it went like another another seven or eight years until Nick Barry and and then uh, Eric Bissell did the third and fourth ascents. And so uh, all of them only had photos taken, but n- there was no video of this route. And mm. because like I've said, the steep climbing in Yosemite is so rare and uh, unique. I was like, man, if people see footage of this thing, it's going to like totally blow their mind and hopefully inspire them to go do it themselves. Because I think there's a lot of people that are capable. And so that was part of the motivation for wanting to to have it filmed. Um So you did film it. We did film it. Yeah. Sweet.
0: Yeah. That photo that photo that Sam took of you on the Is that the crux pitch? Yeah, that's the crux is pitch. It's so yeah. cool. I'm actually looking at it right now. I'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes for people. Um But yeah, that's exciting. I'm really excited to see the video. When does that When does that come out? Is that being worked on now?
1: Yep, uh, Max is editing it right now. It'll be it's supposed to premiere at the uh, Academy in Squamish this summer. Okay. Uh, the Arc'teryx event. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to see it. You'll really appreciate the the bouldering, um, like the boulder problem on that crux pitch. It's
0: really cool. Can you describe it a little bit? Because um, it looks, yeah. it's interesting. I'm looking at it and I can't tell. Um, it's like a steep 50 degree roof maybe. And it looks yeah. like it's a th- flake, or like a like a liebacky flake, or seam, or I can't tell if it's a crack or, or what. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let me let me come back, um, come back to that in a second. Um, I, I can give you the full breakdown on that pitch. Um, before I lose lose it. Well. Okay, so yeah, I was climbing at Jailhouse and trying to coordinate with Sam Stroh, my belayer, and then Sam Crossley and Max, who were going to be filming, right? And we were thinking like, well, all right, I just wasted a week in, uh, in um, climbing at a uh, jailhouse. And like, we only have two weeks left until I have to go. And so we were like, based on the amount of days we need to, to rig the route and then for me to rehearse it um, to feel ready to give an attempt and then to like actually give an attempt and then to, um, rest and then come back to do pickup shoots and photos and then to de-rig it and then leave. We were like, all right, like if we're going to do this, we have to do this. Wow. And so I was like, okay. I asked my friends who I live with when I'm in Yosemite, I'm like, Hey, like, can you go send me some photos of, of the, of the leaning tower and of the valley and like of the, Gully between Middle Cathedral and the Leaning Tower. I was considering hiking up. It's called the Gunsight Gully to get to the top and rappel in and all that stuff. And they sent me all these photos and it looked totally heinous and like insane. Like it it looked like an alpine objective. You know, there was like the the entire approach was just covered in snow. And yeah, Alex Alex was like, dude, you couldn't pay me to go up the Gunsight Gully to get to the top of the Leaning Tower. He's like, you'd need full crampons and like ice axes and everything. And so I was like, oh my gosh, okay. But I, I I drove into the valley and it was like a totally surreal experience going from like shorts and no shirt, sport climbing like an hour and a half away to like driving in with like, you know, Expedition Puffy and like the <laughs> heater on and like puffy uh, puffy booties and whatnot. And looking up at the Lane Tower and being like, whoa, this is, yeah, this is a, it seems totally absurd. It was full Christmas, Christmas time in the valley. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of stuck to the plan, and I, um, it was out trying to go in from the top and rappel down, which I would have been able to rig the route in one day, which would have been sweet. But we decided that to just try and go up the approach, you know, the standard approach to get to the base of the wall. Um, and we were looking at it through like a telescope to try and see if the route was wet based on the snow on the summit and all this stuff. And it didn't look like it, but there was no way of knowing but also in the parking lot where we're like looking and packing and like getting ready to go up there. It's also, I think one of the coldest spots in the Valley because it doesn't get any sun um, based on the walls around it. And so we're down there, like freezing our asses off, looking up at this wall, wondering if it's like going to be possible, you know, too cold to climb up there. Um, So there was like so much doubt in that moment and just trying to like, you never know until you try kind of an attitude. And Yeah. Just stick to the plan, I guess. And so we packed our bags and, and hiked up there and it maybe took us like what would normally take, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes for an approach. Um, 20, if you're fast, it took maybe like two to three hours because (laughs) like within five minutes out of the parking lot, we're like in a fully snowy talus field, just like post holing our way up there and just like falling into holes and like yeah, just getting like totally soaked, soaked and wet and just slogging our way up there. Like we were mountaineering essentially. And, um, but we, we after like, and the whole time I was thinking like, dude, no way. Like I cannot approach and descend this like every day like this, this is absurd. Um, but we got to the base and, you know, we're like at the base of the bolt ladder and like looking up at the wall and everything. And and it was totally, totally dry. And it Mm. was like temps. It was like perfect temps. Wow. Like I was even, I was even like hot in like a light fleece, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and so I, that was really encouraging. And so I essentially aid climbed halfway up the route, um, and fixed lines. Um, and then yeah, wrapped back down and was like, all right, uh, yeah, it goes, I guess. Um, it's not too cold to climb up here in the shade and, and the route isn't wet and obviously there's nobody up here that I have to worry about uh, because the approach is so heinous. And so, yeah, that first like stepping out from the parking lot um, on our first day back in the Valley for this project was like filled with a lot of doubt and like fear. But yeah, like I said, just kind of never know till you try. And thankfully we tried because it was pretty, pretty like unbelievably sweet up there, Um, even though everywhere, everything around it looked like Alaska or something. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I did that for, for two days. Um, aid climbing the entire route to, to rig, uh, to rig ropes for the photographers, but also for myself to micro traction it. And you're in like a different headspace from when you're aid climbing to free climbing, you know, um, when you're like aid climbing, you're just trying to get up it essentially. Um, and not really thinking about, free climbing. Um, so even though I like climb the whole route, um, over those two rigging days, I didn't really feel like I got to rehearse a whole lot. And Mm. so I can't, I rested and I came back a day later, um, to micro traction, the whole thing and would like spend like one, one burn going up a pitch, kind of like hang dogging and reticking some holds and like maybe making some notes about gear and that kind of thing. And then I would wrap back down and then, you know, try and like send it on micro traction. And then keep going um and i did that up the entire route and but i wasn't able to do the crux and i was like what the fuck i was like why can't i do this right now i like hold on a I second why i just like
0: hold on a second it's nine pitches you're going up every pitch twice first ticking all the holds and dogging and then lowering back down and then trying to free it or free it on micro Essent- essentially yeah Damn, it's kind dude. of a big day <laughs> Kind of a big day. (laughs) I don't know if that's the best. I don't know if that was the best
1: approach, but that that felt like that's what I needed to do. Um, and thankfully because it's so steep, all of my chalk that was there in the spring was still there. Wow. Mostly. Except for some of the stuff on the lower part, which can get wet on occasion. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that was the best approach, to be honest. (laughs) I felt like I wasted a lot of time. And I can tend to like over obsess on like moves that I really don't need to rehearse as much as I do. Um, uh. but anyways, the point, the point being that that day was like good, um, except for the fact that I wasn't able to do like the hardest moves and I couldn't tell. I was like, I, is it just, it's, it's hard to micro traction for one. It's like this, this roof and it kind of weaves left and right. And so that's one thing, but then it's also just physically hard and, And it has a lot of, like, really subtle moves that aren't really easy to work. And so, yeah, I was just like, well, fuck, I can't do the crux right now. And I'm just going to chalk it up to the fact that it's hard to microtraction or whatever. Um, And then I was like, sweet, I get one day of rest, and then I have to try and redpoint this thing, you know? (laughs) And so, and I told Sam, the filmmaker, I I was like, dude, just so you know, like, I really... Like I'm not feeling confident about this at all. Like there's really good chance that I'm not able to do this thing. And for some reason, he had like full confidence in me. Which you know, you know how that is. Sometimes it's like you appreciate it when somebody's like, "Oh no, dude, you totally got it." And you're like, "Yeah, thanks," but like, you don't know how I feel inside right now. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: like,
1: that's telling me that I don't got this. You know, and there's that has to like come from you. Nobody telling you on the outside that you got it can really change that. Sometimes. Um, yeah, ideally I would have rested for, for one more day. Uh, but we also, since we were filming, we have a film prop film permit, mm. which is limits that uh, limited us to like these two days and then we have to be, be done and all that. And so, so yeah, we met up the morning of like day one of our red point and I was like, Yep just so you guys know like i'm not feeling very confident about this there's a really good chance it's not going to happen and they're just like oh no dude you got it let's just go up there and yeah so we went up there and um how how i approached it is i i jugged my fixed lines up to Wani ledge um which is like three pitches um and i hauled all of my gear up there uh to you know food and water and bivy gear to spend the night and the team followed, the two filmmakers, and then Sam Stroh, who was going to blame me. And then we rappelled down uh, to the start of the free climbing. Okay. Um, does that That's make it. sense? As opposed to climbing the bolt ladder again and hauling all my gear up while I uh, yeah, while I climbed the first two free pitches, I guess. It was just a little little easier to haul it all uh, up the fixed lines and have the team commute and all that stuff and kind of stage on a whiny ledge. Gotcha. Okay. Which might, some people might be considering asterisks, but that's, that's fine. Fine by me, given I just skipped a bolt ladder, you know? Yeah. I've climbed a bolt <clears> ladder <throat> a bunch of times. Um, so yeah, then w- we set up on wani ledge and then we rappelled down and I climbed the first 12C pitch and then, uh, there's a 13A like corner and boulder problem pitch up to a wany ledge. Um, and yeah, I did both those first try and that felt good as like, you know, as good as a warm up can kind of thing. Um, And then the, the sun does a weird thing in the fall. I learned like if you, the sun is coming from the right of the leaning tower. And if you look at the skyline, um, you know, the formations, um, that would potentially block the sun. There's like these three towers. And so the sun comes out maybe Mm -hmm. for like, a little bit and then it goes behind this tower for like 10 minutes and it's in the shade. (laughs) And then it comes out again for like a little longer. It goes behind another tower for like 15 minutes and it's in the shade. And then, and then it comes out and it's in the sun for like three hours. And then, and then, uh, and then essentially the sun goes down and it gets dark really quick. Um, and so I rested on Awani for a little while and then, uh, went up, uh, in between like one of those sunshade patterns, um, when like a 15 minute window and did the, the 12 D pitch off of wanting that takes you to the crux. And that's the pitch. I don't know if you remember that I fell on in the spring and, uh, like fell into that hole and like
0: busted my shin oh, and wow, okay. had to get stitches and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I didn't put that together. Totally. Yeah. Oof.
1: I haven't wrote, I haven't written about that part yet. I've been wanting to, um, but that was like always in the back of my mind. I was like, man. And I even, when I did that, I was trying to break up these two pitches to make it safer. Like it really is one pitch, but if there is a belay in the middle and there's this little ledge and you can like do it in two pitches. Um, but I was like, stylistically, I was like, I don't want to do that at this time. I want to do it, you know, ledge to ledge essentially. And, uh, but I was like, I really don't want to fall in this hole again. And I don't want to like hit this ledge below and like break my ankles and, For for Um, people that haven't haven't seen that
0: that that don't know about your injury, can you give like the the cliff notes, the really quick version of what happened?
1: Basically, there's this really weird hole feature. It's like the size of a cannonball, um, just like punched into the wall. Like I don't know how else to describe it. It's just like this perfectly blank like slab face um, with like a cannonball hole just like randomly in the middle of it, and you kind of climb right next to it you even use it as like a side pole and you like step into it and then you like climb up and right of it. Um, but higher up, maybe like 10 or 15 feet up, you traverse left. And so you're climbing like above the hole and right below a few feet below that hole is kind of this blocky ledge, um, that you don't want to hit. And so last season I was up there climbing with Sam and I told him, I was like, there's a good chance I could fall at this point and it's kind of run out. So keep me a little tight so I don't hit this ledge and break my ankles. And he did that, but little did I think about the possibility of falling into this hole. And so it's like swinging like, in as I was, as I was falling down this slab, you know, your feet are kind of like skating, I guess. And then there's just this absence of space in this hole and your foot just like shoots into it, Ooh. you know, trying to find the bottom and like, it doesn't find the bottom because my, your shin finds the bottom of the hole, like on the lip of the. the the hole and so like yeah just totally bashed my bashed my shin it was dude it was totally crazy just had this gaping (laughs) hole in my shin and like i was like is that fucking bone and just like pulled out like five shards of like my shin bone just like poking out of
0: Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that teaser with Jordan. Once again, the full version of this episode is two hours long. You can hear us really geek out on the move-by-move breakdown of Wet Like or Nightmare. Jordan goes into a lot more detail about the route in the full version. The full version is available right now for patrons who support the Nugget Climbing Podcast at patreon.com slash The Nugget Climbing. There's a link right there in your podcast app if you want to sign up. It just takes a few minutes to sign up. It's $5 per month and you can cancel at any time. No questions asked. All right. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time.